bringing you the best Eagles basketball coverage. This is Creature Report. What's going on, Eagles fans? This is the Screech Report podcast. Ellie Cressy on the mic and... Russell Kelly on the other mic. Well, since our last pod, which was not as long ago, but we've had some... Still long ago. ...weeks of chaos, uh, we had Hurricane Ian hit Fort Myers near and dear to our hearts. It was pretty rough to watch, kind of last minute. Um, and, you know, everyone's dealing with their own pain, struggles, loss right now, and we, our hearts go out to everyone that is, is struggling with with that. Um, but we are going to rebuild, get through it, and our focus is on basketball now, and we're going to help in other areas when we can. Right. It's that sense of normalcy, I think, that's important. It's right. you structure, don't wanna... routine. It's good to grieve, but not to dwell yeah. on the, right. on you know. Grieve when you need to grieve and, and get through it by, by building back up what you normally do. Obviously, we're blessed enough to still be doing this and have a place to live and a job and, and everything, and we're thankful for that, so it's yep. good to be back. But anyways, uh, what's been going on since then? Not a whole lot, really. I went to a bachelor party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got lit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I literally got set on fire. No, I'm really? kidding. Oh. <laughs> um, well, it wasn't a good bachelor party. No, then. lit in the zillennial meaning. That's eh, millennial, um, too. That's why I said zillennial. Oh, yeah. See, wow. I That's a unlocked, new term. I unlocked a whole word for you. Wow. I bet the, uh, the Zs don't even know about that. No, because it's for like yeah, the tweeners. It's for like people who are like 24, 25 right now. I think it's important for the current generation, whatever that may be, to dip into the, the new generation a little bit. Yeah, like well, you're saying. yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm always a big proponent of you can't like, you can't just like stay like it's you always tell there's a joke out there. I don't remember if it's a comedian or like a show, but they're like, you can tell the last time someone was happy by the type of clothes that they wear. And it's like, if your happiness stopped wearing like, you know, white shoes and track pants and, and you know, purple and green no jumpsuits, no then you're from the nineties. That. Um, that's the last time you were happy or it was like right, right before when you have kids, I don't remember what it is, but, um, regardless, uh, you know, it's important to always kind of be, you know, you, you don't have to get rid of your things that you love from back in the day, but you know, it's important to know what's going on, right? Um, dip into the Gen Z, dip into the millennial. So this was your first time flying in like 10 years, right? Uh, not 10 years. Uh, I flew, uh, wife and I, Michelle, you guys don't know her, but Elliot, Elliot does. That's, that's, that's Elliot. Um, uh, we flew in like 2015 was the last time I was on a plane. Um, so that's what, seven years ago. Uh, but yeah, first time in New York and New Jersey though. You had a, a singing attendant. That was the best like thing ever with the best flight attendant I've ever experienced. I've only flown like eight times in my whole life, <laughs> but I wouldn't, I would venture to say that people who fly a lot would, would agree. Uh, it was this just charming woman. And she said, she just sang, thank you for being a friend, like a couple lines, a couple verses. And it was amazing. It was just right when the plane landed, nobody clapped, which is also great. Um, and then she put the cherry on top with her just voice from God. Um, it was great. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, we had the very special privilege of talking to new coach Pat Chambers tonight. Uh, so here you go. Great. <laughs> no, but uh, for real, it was it was great talking to him. And uh, I guess we'll have this pod and the gut gamble coming up. For and sure. Then... Just a few weeks till the season. So we want to get this. Just got to whistle to you. Season will start. Yeah, season starts in just a few weeks. 
We're playing USC um, again. Followed by San Diego. Followed by San Diego and then a bunch of other good stuff. Not really. It's Ave Maria. No, there's some good games on the schedule, though. We'll, we'll talk about that in the gut gamble. Let's not get get carried away. But, um, yeah, we, we've been wanting Chambers on since, I don't know, the day he was hired. So, Anyways, without further ado, uh, here's the interview. We look forward to having the gut gamble next. And then after that, it's uh, time to, to, to play ball. For the first time of what we hope to be many more times, uh, we want to welcome first-year FGCU men's basketball coach Patrick Chambers to the podcast. Coach, how has Fort Myers in Southwest Florida treated you so far uh, now that you're a full-time resident? I'm really enjoying it. My wife and my four children. Um, we actually lived here two years ago. Uh, we spent a great deal of time down here. So we, we actually called this home for a little while. And then now we're this is our second stint and uh, we kind of know the lay of the land, which is a great thing. Uh, but our kids have been in school down here, so that was a huge, um, you know, selling point to my family to come back down because they already had friends down here. And there's obviously a great community and, and great people down here. So we're blessed and we're very fortunate. For sure. And and I think, you know, I think just to touch on this for, for a hot second, it's that community that you're talking about is so evident right now with, you know, the storm that just passed and everything. And I don't know if you've experienced a full on Florida hurricane at this point yet, but I hope you and your family, um, you know, made it out. Okay. With the storm and everything. No, I, I think you're, I think you hit it right on. Uh, if more people could follow what's going on down here in Southwest Florida, how people are helping people. It, it's pretty amazing. Um, the care that they have for one another and uh, all the all the sports teams here, all the athletic teams here, have helped in the community. Uh, we, we go to one house, we end up doing four houses. And uh, it, that type of uh, outcry, that type of service, that type of help, that type of care, I think resonates um, with the community. But it, 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 it does something for us as coaches and players. Like, we, we can't take this stuff for granted. You know, you're looking at people who lost their house, lost everything that they have. They have nothing they have nowhere to live, nowhere to sleep, no water, nothing, and and we're able to put a smile on their face and help them out. So there's some major gratitude uh, since the hurricane, for sure. That's for sure. It's it's awesome to see the community come together, and uh, you know we will rebuild and be better. Um, so backtracking to when you first get the job, you know you land the job at FGCU and get to meet the players from last year. What was the process like as far as meeting with them when you first signed on? Is it more like to gauge how if the players will fit, or is it more trying to sell your vision to them and convince them to stay uh, with the new change in coaching staff? Yeah, you know, I felt like it was just important for me to develop a relationship. Uh, I thought, you know, the prior coach did a great job. He brought in some real talented players. They did win twenty plus games, so I, I can't diminish what he what he what he did here. Um, so. You know, for me, it was about, okay, I have a team meeting. You, you talk to them about your pillars of excellence, which I did, and the foundation is attitude. And then it starts the individual meetings. Um, you know, who I am, where I come from, my coaching style, what I believe in. Um, I just felt those relationships were critical in the beginning. And I like to think that we did a pretty good job of retention, uh, of keeping the core group of guys together so that that was that was critical and so those first three to four weeks it was all about the players 
It was all about spending time with them. I wasn't jumping to hire somebody. I was, I, I, I had done that in the past and I figured I'm going to hire super slow because I want to get to, to meet all these players on a different level and reach out to parents and do things like that. And, uh, I think we succeeded this off season in, in retaining, uh, the core group. For sure. Um, <clears throat> and just to jump to the coaching staff, you know, you've assembled a lot of up and coming young charismatic coaches on the staff. Um, can you speak on bringing these guys in? Did you have uh, relationships with all of them prior to FGCU or how did, uh, how did all those positions work out? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Obviously, this isn't my first time assembling a staff, and I've made mistakes in the past. So I, I really wanted to take my time and really hire slow and really vet and make sure I put together a group of guys that was bought into my vision, bought into the pillars of excellence, but most importantly, develop these young men in, into leaders uh, and develop them on the floor. Uh, and willing to sacrifice and develop relationship with them, trusting and caring relationships with them. So, and it just turned out, as you said, it just turned out that everybody on the staff has a connection with me in some sort of way. Uh, Kyle LaSalle and, and Matty Griffin, he worked, he played for me at BU. So these guys know the model. K.J. Baptiste worked with me at Penn State. Kevin Hudas worked with me at Penn State. Just the coach was with me at Penn State and BU. So, and the GAs was at LaSalle. So everybody has a great understanding of what the culture has to be and how the structure is and what we need to do to have the most success for these young men. And I think that learning curve has helped us uh, throughout the summer and the fall here. Um, so that's kind of how I assembled it. And, and so forth. And they're younger than me. I'm not the, uh, I'm not the young guy on Jay Wright staff anymore. I'm, I'm a little bit of the, the OG, the white haired guy, uh, who's, who's, you know, a little bit more tame than these guys. And their energy is exactly what I needed at this point in my career because they inspire me every single day. That's great. We always need kind of that revitalization. And, and if, a, you know, bringing in a young coaching staff does that, that's that's awesome. Um, so that kind of leads into my next question. It's, um, you know, even with a lot of those returners that we're talking about, um, a lot of experience on this team, uh, quality players returning, you, you brought in a nice amount of transfers. Um, you've been working with uh, pretty much the full roster since probably uh, June-ish. Um, and so how do you feel that the team has meshed so far? Uh, what have you done to sort of speed that up as, as best as possible? Um, and I guess what needs to be done between now and the first game, just a few weeks away. This is really the first time I'm dealing with so many transfers. My last four years at, at my last job, we only really had one. So, you know, I built it like the Villanova model. You know, you rarely have transfers, and when you do, okay, and you have a culture, and it's, you, you know, you wait your turn, freshman to sophomore, sophomore, junior, junior, senior, and now it was a little bit different. So you have a core group, a veteran group, and then you bring in uh, five transfers with a with a freshman. Um, so it's been a new challenge for me, one that I'm enjoying, one that I'm embracing because this is what it's going to be, and that's okay. I think we, you know, as coaches, we were fighting it in the beginning. Look, this is what it is. You have to adjust and be flexible. And that's what I've been learning. 
Um, so I think the number one thing for us is to learn how to care about one another. You know, you got one guy, oh, that's, I'm the starting point guard, you're not the starting point guard. Everybody's fighting for their job, fighting for a role. So the most important thing that I could do is teach them how to care about one another. How do you do that? Well, meals, events, team things. We did a wave runners for a day, had dinner. It was really funny being out there on the water in the Gulf on wave runners with the team. I was out there as well. So we had a blast doing certain things like that. The other day, we just sat on the beach. We have a beach here at the lake. We all sat on the beach, and and we kind of talked about the hurricane and how it impacted us and who who it has impacted, anybody in the families. And and we're we're just kind of trying to open up and and build that trust. One, I think it's care. Two, I think it's building trust. Because once you have care and trust, I think love is shortly thereafter. And we all know, as you watch Major League Baseball or you watch championship teams, if there's not love in that locker room, and I think we can say love in 2022, um, you know, you're probably going to fall short of your goals and dreams. So I think we're headed in that direction. Still got a long way to go to to achieve that. But, you know, we have to do fun activities and uh, to, to create that, that bond. So that, that would be the first part of your, your question. Um, the second part was basketball-related, if I recall, but I'll, I'll let you ask it again. Sure. It's just essentially with, with, you know, the, the team meshing, you know, with the coaching staff, with the transfers, with the returners. Um, honestly, it sounds like it's going well from, from what you've said, but is there anything in particular that you feel like needs to be done as far as that goes between, um, you know, between now and when the first game, you know, tips just a few weeks away, any more of that is needed or anything like that? It's, it's a great question. And this is how I'm going to answer it with so many, look, we're all new, right? We're all new. So they don't know our model. They don't know the, 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 the pillars of excellence that we have and what the culture would like to be and what our identity could, you know, is going to be. So we're really working hard on the court at keeping things as simple as possible not overloading them on the offensive end with a million sets, not overloading them with a different, you know, with a million different defensive calls. We're just trying to just really, you know, put the kitchen sink in and get some running water so everybody feels super confident on both ends that they have a great understanding of exactly what we need to do heading into November 7th. And I think that it's almost like a vision of let's teach some actions, Let's teach them some concepts. Let's teach them some defensive principles. And let's get better at those. And then once we have those in hand and really pick them up and have the habits to do it, then we can start, unfortunately, start to add in some more things as we progress throughout the season. But right now it seems, it seems, you know, we haven't paid anybody, but it seems to be working. Uh, one question that I have, and I think a lot of people have been wondering about, is just what type of team you think will be, or you know we are schematically. Like, we're not asking you to tell us all the X's and O's and tendencies, but in general, what is your offensive and defensive philosophy? Like, previously, you know, Coach Andy Enfield, Fly, were very big play defense leading to a fast break offense and three-point heavy. Dually before that was... On the other hand, you know, running hardcore discipline, defensive brand of basketball and traditional offense. I guess in your words, what kind of team do you intend to run this year? What What's the, the flow going to be like? Yeah, if you look at my last few years, um, we, we were really good offensively. We, we scored 70-plus in the Big Ten, um, which is hard to do, as you gentlemen know. 
And I thought we were very solid top six, top eight defensively. I don't have the stats in front of me, but from recollection, uh, I thought we were pretty good rebounding the ball. Uh, not great, but but solid. Um, good enough to, to win um, some big-time games over uh, those last three years. So I'd like to bring that model here where, you know, the core or the foundation is going to be defending and, and rebounding like Joe Dooley. Uh, but offensively, I think it's going to be on an Andy Enfield uh, mindset uh, or approach uh, would, would be better approach where we want to play a little bit faster, um, but we will slow down when we need to slow down. Uh, but we've been implementing and installing that uh, since the spring. I, I feel like working on offense would only make our defense better this preseason, and, and we as a staff have been correct on that. So. We are going to push the ball. We're, we're going to try to score, you know, anywhere from 70 to 75 plus. Um, like to get to the free throw line, like to take advantage of our bigs. We got some really good bigs. Uh, get the ball inside, do a little inside out. Um, and, 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 you know, you guys watch going over. We're, that's where I came from. So you're going to see a little bit of that as well sprinkled in. So, uh, we're really tailoring it to our talent. And, you know, we have some good players, the, the, the transfers that came in and uh, the guys that are here and putting that together, I think, so far, again, so good. We might turn the ball over a little bit, gentlemen, here in the, in the beginning because we are, you know, trying to push tempo. Uh, but I look forward to seeing where we are in January. I think we'll be settled in right where we need to be. That's awesome to hear. Um, but, uh, you know, back to the, you know, the attitude, uh, the pillar, the, the mantra um, basically that, that we're going with, um, is that, um, well, rather I should rephrase, uh, you know, principles and sort of focuses like that, like attitude, um, those are only effective if guys buy in, um, which I'm sure you obviously know, you got to convince that, like you talked about coaches are buying into it. I guess my question is when did that sort of come to you that, that attitude focus and how do you feel like the guys are buying into it? Um, player wise. Wow. Attitude goes back 20 years, and uh, I, I'm not going to go into this story. I don't know how much time we have, but attitude became something uh, that I grabbed onto during a very difficult stage in my life when I was 31. So it, it, it became just a totally uh, – I was immersed in it uh, about attitude and having a positive attitude. And when I got to Villanova, it was kind of ironic that um, that was his foundation. And when I got there, it was one, two, three attitude, not one, two, three wings up or wildcats or defense or anything like that. It's always about attitude because we're in control of our attitude. So to, to segue, the pillars of excellence, which attitude holds up everything, it's, it's the rock, it's the cement. It is not really, I don't want to say mantra and I don't want to say a slogan or a marketing idea. This truly to me in my heart is a map of for success, for for young adults to become men, leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, live in that C-suite. Um, you know, it's faith, accountability, passion, humility, gratitude. And, um, you know, I, I hung out with a lot of Navy SEALs, really enjoyed my Navy SEALs, and I love bringing them in, and they always say to me, you know, it's too many, too many, too many. And I say, well, this generation asks the question why more than any generation. They want answers upon answers upon answers. So, you know, my pillars of excellence, some may say it's old school. I, I'd like to say it's, uh, it's retro Jordan 1. 
Okay, that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> it's it's more of a new generation type approach to help these young men do uh, things that they are capable of doing. Uh, so that map for success has been everything. Our guys have so far bought into it. You know, I haven't divvied out the starting lineup for minutes yet, so that could change real quick. But because of the map for success, because we wear attitude on our wrist, because we say it in every single huddle, you know, we have a chance, whether it's a bad call, a uh, canceled flight, a bus issue, uh, a turnover, a missed shot, I'm, you know, on them. You know, if we can just remember to, to get to the next play mentality and have a great attitude, we all know that, uh, you know, we'll make up for it in some fashion, some sort of way. So the guys like the match for success, our staff is all in, and I'm grateful for that question. I'm really appreciative because I, I think your, some of your listeners could, could take advantage of that. Awesome. And really, I think we only got, got one question left. And this is a little bit uh, specific, kind of, but also general. And, you know, uh, guys like, uh, you know, Caleb, Cyrus, um, you know, other guys have all had uh, sustained success either here or at their respective stops. But a guy I want to ask about um, in particular is um, Dakota Rivers. And, and the, the reason why is simply because since he got here now four years ago, make me feel really old, um, he has... He has been a, a fan favorite. Um, it's, it's his athleticism, explosiveness, just general likability, charisma. Like, fans just love him. I, I made a joke a couple of years ago that he could be tying his shoe on the court and fans would cheer. Like, they just love him. And um, it's, I guess, what have you seen from him? Um, because production hasn't always been there. Minutes haven't always been there. But, you know, when he does do it, it's, it's very explosive. So, I guess, to, to run my question back, what have you seen from him? Um, and how do you plan to sort of unlock, um, you know, guys like him, like also uh, Zach Anderson, who are, you know, still realizing their potential? Now, uh, I, I think Dakota specifically is such a charismatic young man. And I think that's why um, the fan base here and the students really uh, like him. Uh, and, you know, he's got his YouTube and he's really popular on social platforms. Uh, but he's such a likable young man. And he's a great kid. What you see is what you get. Uh, and I'm really enjoying our relationship. His whole family's wonderful. So great kid. On the court, it, it's, it's time for him to emerge. I agree. He's got some skill. He can really shoot the basketball. He's a hell of a shot blocker. I think two years ago he led the team in block shots. Um, and we have to tap into his, his ability. And we just have to simplify, and we have to move him around. Um, he's got to be okay with playing, you know, some small forward and some some shooting five, I call it. Um, and that's okay, as long as he continues to learn and grow. But I think the simplicity of it will benefit him, and that's what we've done since the spring. We're not, again, we're not trying to overload anybody, and that will help him. As far as Zach Anderson, he's playing fantastic basketball. He he is really surprised me. If you ask me, well, him and Andre Weir, they've surprised me the most um, with their their skill set, uh, with their their knowledge of the game, their IQs, their three level guys, uh, and that and that's why I said you know Coach Flag did a really good job of bringing some guys in for sure. That's awesome to hear. Um, well, Coach, thank you for your time. We were very appreciative of it. It was great talking with you. Hope to do it again during the season. Uh, we wish you the best of luck against USC and all the rest of the games. 
Uh, do you have any any last words or any closing thoughts? Nah, just come out, support support FGCU, wings up, and, and God bless you, everybody. Thanks so much for having me on. Attitude on three. One, One two, two, three. Attitude! attitude.